The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Nina Willen. I am a certified wound ostomy continence nurse and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today's podcast guest is Denise Nix. Denise is a master's prepared certified wound ostomy continence nurse with over 28 years of clinical practice experience. Her current clinical practice is at M Health Fairview in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She also serves as a consultant for the MHA Safe Skin Collaborative involving over 100 Minnesota hospitals. Her experience includes faculty and associate director in WOC educational programs, authorship and co-editor of Acute and Chronic Wounds Current Management Concepts textbook, as well as speaking nationally and internationally. Today we are talking about why the C in WOC nursing is so important. Denise, thank you. I'm so excited to talk about this with you today. Nina, it's so good to be with you and a fellow Minnesotan. (laughs) So first, can you define the general specialty of WOC nursing and then each component of it, just to kind of set a foundation for our discussion? Okay. So WOC nurses are registered nurses who hold a baccalaureate degree or higher and have completed a formal accredited WOC full scope. Um, WOC stands for Wound Ostomy Incontinence. It was formerly ET for Antistomal Therapy. Kind of started out with ostomies, and then because of all of the overlap that is seen between ostomies, skin condition, and continence, uh, we ended up with the three specialties: wound, ostomy, and continence. Um, and then. Nurses that are WOC nurses become certified with a, an educational body as a rigorous certification, a test that's taken every five years, or uh, they can certify through experience by showing their competence and experience in various areas. Um, there is also a, an experiment, experiential pathway to... Uh, becoming a WOC nurse that involves uh, a certain amount of experience that meets criteria and some rigorous high-level CE courses. Um, I went to a wound ostomy incontinence educational program back then called antistomal therapy, and all three scopes were combined. So we learned everything in that uh, full-time program, and then we sat for one exam that included all the specialties. And nowadays, they offer the specialties separate, so you can do one or three of them and sit for three different exams. Okay, And we'll dive a little bit more into that, mm-hmm. that third one, especially here shortly. So give us a high-level overview of how a nurse may use their WOC certification. So maybe it's various practice settings, different roles, Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. a high-level overview of that. So we can provide direct patient care 
to people with abdominal stomas, wounds, fistulas, drains, uh, pressure injuries, continence disorders. Um, we can be educators. We can be consultants, researchers. We can be administrators. Very often we're involved in all of them at the same time or one or the other. WOC nurses uh, can be involved in industry like you are. Um, uh, partners to clinicians in making sure that we get the best evidence-based products and care to our patients. Oh, boy. See, Nina, you're a WOC nurse. Can you think of anything yeah, else? I else? mean, it's really, there's so there many things so, we could. Private yeah, so practice. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Private practice. I have my own business, um, and it's around education. Um, I work for the Minnesota Hospital Association in uh bringing uh, collaboratives to the various Minnesota hospitals around skin safety, on and on. Mm -hmm. There's so much we can do. Agreed. It is, I think nursing in and of itself has so many specialties, but then even within our WOC nursing specialty, there's so many different things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love it. Yeah, too. I know, me too. And the practice settings, hospitals, long-term care, home care, um, industry, as we said, nonprofit agencies, government agencies, um, rehab facilities. Yes. Yeah. Really. LTAX. LTAX. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk specifically about the continent specialty. Why are some nurses hesitant to obtain uh, or maintain this portion of the certification, mm -hmm. do you think? Well, I think we, number one, we're, we're intimidated. We think that incontinence care is about urodynamics and diagnostics and medications, and there's so much more to it than that. Um, my practice is predominantly acute care, and really I'm working with patients around skin injuries related to incontinence, uh, alternatives to urinary catheters. There's a level of knowledge that the staff nurse doesn't have, or even availability to resources that a specialist has that the staff nurse doesn't have, that is somewhere in between how a physician and a nurse practitioner may function related to incontinence treatment. There's a whole level between that and the bedside nurse, that there's a real um, gap that we can and do fill in healthcare. So I think you already answered this a little bit, but why do you feel like it is so important to obtain and maintain the continent certification? Well, because I feel that there's so much overlap between uh, wound and continence. I honestly have no idea how you can practice well in wound if you divorce yourself from continence. Uh, so much of wound care has to do with moisture management. And, I mean, I've had colleagues that say, for example, the um, indwelling fecal containment devices that we have now on the market. I have colleagues that say, I don't have anything to do with those. I'm not a continent specialist. Well, I have a real problem with that because very often when I'm doing, when I'm consulted as a wound specialist, I'm looking at medical device related pressure ulcers, uh, secondary to uh, indwelling urinary or fecal containment device. I'm teaching these nurses with the fecal containment devices uh, that they need to irrigate, they need to check placement. Um, 
you know, many of these things that, yes, the staff nurse can know, but they rely on someone like us to teach them and remind them and reinforce from day to day. So we're clinicians that have the luxury of being in an expanded role and also having our hands on patients. And I think we just can't ignore some of the continence issues that so many of our uh, wound patients see. Mm -hmm. And I think as you touched on being able to be a resource for those bedside nurses, those staff nurses, Mm -hmm. um, to even recommend products or interventions or or problem solve with them. Exactly. And honestly, Nina, I think that if we don't do that, I don't know who else is going to do that in the hospital. If me and my colleagues aren't out there talking about how to appropriately use a fecal containment device or an indwelling fecal device, nobody else is. Mm -hmm. Agree. So how can a non-advanced practice nurse get experience in the continent specialty? You you talked about, you mentioned biofeedback, um, your dynamics, that. And I remember Mm -hmm. when looking at my certification, that was intimidating. I'm like, well, I don't do any of that. I'm not advanced practice. Mm -hmm. But what are some of those other things that are truly part Mm -hmm. of the continent specialty? So uh, again, my practice is predominantly acute care. So I'm not doing urodynamics. And it's easy to look at... uh, People like Michael Gray or Joanne Emerson or Sue Brunch or, you know, these role models of ours and think I'm not them, so I can't practice continence. Mm -hmm. Well, in acute care, I don't have an opportunity to do urodynamics. I'm not a nurse practitioner where I have, I'm a master's prepared, but I certainly don't have the knowledge that a Sue Brunch would have around the uh, medications and things like that, but I can know what they are. Um, in terms of certification, I have no problem getting certified every year. There's so many things you can do uh, for experience or what we call professional practice points in order to recertify. Um, for example, any kind of education you do on continence-related skincare, bringing in and in-servicing a new continence-related product, device-related uh, pressure injuries that are related to indwelling catheters, um, body-worn containment products, which is a really hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, These products have gotten so much better and have actually been identified as important products, not only for continence care, but also for skin care. Uh, We have consensus statements around that now that need to be disseminated to staff nurses. There's there's so much that we can do to be a conduit. And all of those activities earn professional practice points. Anything you publish on continence, uh, IAD skincare, work that you do on reversible causes of continence, which really any nurse, every nurse should know something about reversible uh, causes of, of incontinence. And um, they don't take credit for it. They're doing work with it every day, but they don't take credit for it. This podcast, Nina, <laughs> we can both have professional practice points for this yeah. Con- yeah. for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of um, creativity around, there can be a lot of creativity around getting professional practice points for continence certification. But honestly, I haven't really had to be creative because in our practice, if we're doing moisture management for wound care, 
we're working on continents. Yeah. Yep. And I think that goes for other settings too, the long-term cares, the rehab facilities, home care. There's definite opportunity in all those areas. Mm -hmm. How can a continent certified nurse influence some of the issues that we've discussed with you in other podcasts, such as um, CAUTI or catheter associated urinary tract infections or IED um, incontinence associated dermatitis? I'm so glad you asked that because I think we can really bring value to these these topics that you mentioned, especially CAUTI with uh, the reversible causes of incontinence. We're going to, the best way to get an indwelling urinary catheter out is to cure the incontinence. That's definitely one of the best mm-hmm. ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of just nursing-related interventions that can make a difference there. Uh, the use of external catheters, because uh, some clinicians are reluctant to remove the indwelling catheters because they're worried about getting INO on the patients. They're worried about skin protection. Uh, The external catheters have really improved over the years, but there's so many choices. And uh, we can help um, narrow down those choices and and, uh, help the um, nursing staff understand how to use them, um, get better products into our facilities, et cetera. And then prevention and treatment of IAD, again, because uh, skin issues are a concern for patients when we remove indwelling catheters. And so there is a way to prevent and manage. And in fact, one of the indications for using an indwelling urinary catheter is a sacral wound that uh, needs to needs an indwelling urinary catheter for healing. Mm-hmm. Well, who determines that? And very often when I'm at the bedside and I find out that that's the one criteria for the reason they have the uh, urinary catheter in, I just say, take it out. There's, we have waterproof dressings. We have external, we have so many things we can do, right, to protect the wound and ensure optimal healing without having an indwelling catheter in. Such great points. What are some resources for someone who is interested in this specialty? Okay, well, my bias is going to come out here, WOCN.org. I would encourage everybody to go there. It's an awesome website. It's my um, professional association and yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and I know that there's many others out there like SUNA, and, um, but I am most familiar with uh, WOCN, so I'm going to talk about that, WOCN.org is a great organization. Um, there are some member, many member-only uh, tools and resources that are on that site, but there's so many that are free. And uh, publications that have been open to the public. Uh, the WOCN has a great journal. Um, it's, I always say people who want the journal, just be a member to the WOCN because it's it comes with the membership along with so many other things. There's best practice documents that are free to download on reversible causes of incontinence and what to do about it. Uh, selection of external catheters. Um, that one was written by um, Michael Gray and I think another colleague that is so great. It's a chart. It has uh, photographs of the external catheters and how they're used and what the indications are. Uh, There's best practice documents on care of the indwelling catheter. There's links to 
um, other really important organizations and documents like the American Nurses Association CAUTI tool, best practices for skin care, IAD. There's so much on that site. Also, if you want to find out how to become a wound ostomy continence nurse or a uh, certify incontinence it provides links for that and really helps you really understand there's great resources for patients on that website it's really a good website Mm -hmm. excellent so in closing how do you see this specialty the specialty of continence being utilized in the future of healthcare? well i think the continence population is really underserved and especially now that we are reporting publicly reporting hospital acquired facility acquired catheter urinary catheter associated infections caudi mm-hmm. it's a mouthful it's yes. easier to just say caudi <laughs> i think there's going to become a greater need for the specialty in order to provide alternatives for getting these catheters out. Um, Also, the population as a whole is getting older. The prevalence of incontinence is getting higher. So I just see the need for an already underserved population becoming greater and greater. Well put. Thank you so much, Denise, for joining me today to talk about this. It's been great. Thank you, Nina. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us professional.